where I dealt with overcoming a religious spirit last week. I want to talk a little bit about that again tonight. This is part two. Man, I just feel the anointing so strong on this. Holy Spirit, have your way. All right, I'm going to read this. It says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, it's a familiar scripture, but it says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. They'll love money. They'll be boastful and proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lover of pleasures rather than lovers of God. And listen to this in verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. I want you to really get this scripture, because a lot of times we hear things and quote things, but listen, they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. And the Apostle Paul talked about, in uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 4.10, something like that, but it, he said that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. In other words, a bunch of rhetoric, a bunch of talking about things and debating and, and all of that and even teaching. He said the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but power. The emphasis was on the power. And these people that are religious, they do have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. And listen to what it says. I want you to get this. It says, have nothing to do with such people. It's important that you get that. Listen, it says, have nothing to do with such people. When you get around the religious community, they want to debate, they want to argue, they want to fight over words. But the kingdom of God isn't about talk. It's about power. And they, they want to be critical. They, they want to you know split hairs. And it says about those type of people that you need to turn away from them and disassociate yourself with those people. That's what the Bible says. If you're going to, to live the Word of God, and you know, let me just say this too about religion. And everybody get this, okay? Once you picture like you've got a thousand people. Now, you begin to move into unstructured services and you begin to move into freedom in praise and worship all of a sudden you know people are dancing jumping shouting there's freedom it's unstructured and it's free all right at one time you had a thousand people now you've got 900 people because there was a hundred that won't go there they don't like that i'm going to show you something now you got 900 people now you're starting to move into the area of the gifts of the spirit or begin to be in operation Message in tongues, interpretation, prophecy. And once you had 900 people, now it's down to 800. Then you start being open to the apostolic and the prophetic and the fivefold. And it goes from 800 to 700. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? This is a religious spirit. And then you allow, you know, the Holy Spirit comes in and he starts moving in power and there's manifestations of his power. People fall down, they shake, they laugh, they cry or whatever. They're just the manifestations of the Spirit. And you go from, you know, the 700 or whatever, probably way down to more like 500. 
And then as you allow specifically the joy, for some reason, the religious spirit just doesn't like the joy. That's a big one. Okay, that's a big, big issue with the religious spirit. So the joy is at work and people are laughing. So you're going now from 500 to like 3. Okay, then, then you go and you start, you know, moving into, say, God wants to do some really awesome signs and wonders. And gold dust shows up or something. And, and you're seeing different things like that. And all of a sudden you're going from like 300 to like 50 people, you know. It's just, that, that's, do you see why the Bible talks about God has a remnant? A remnant implies a few. And it's just like the tabernacle. You had the outer court, which was the size of a football field, lit up by natural sunlight. And there was a lot of people can be involved in that arena. But then you went from that to the holy place. And that's kind of like going into the full gospel. But even within the full gospel, there's people that are truly in revival. And that's moving into the holy of holies. But the Holy of Holies was 10 cubits by 10 cubits, which was significantly smaller than the outer court. And so, in other words, you have a remnant. And that is the picture I want you to see, is that if you're really going to go with God and and Book of Acts Christianity, you're really going to go all the way. Then you're going to have to go with only a few people because there's the masses aren't going there. And man, I would take the glory and the presence of God over the masses any day. Now some people want the masses. Some people literally they 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 really do prefer you know the money that comes with ministry or the the buildings or the the smoke and the lights and the fame, their their reputation, whatever it is that they're after, they really do prefer that. And you set it out in front of them and they'll choose that. But I, I personally have already dealt with all that. I don't care anything about any of that. That's idols in people's hearts. And it's pulling them away from the deeper things of God because they're lusting after and they're whoring after these idols of money and fame buildings and etc etc they're whoring after that it's a spirit of whoredoms but again i'm going to talk a little bit about some things from last week but it's a death structure and within this death structure i want you to hear this it promotes physical death which is obviously somebody dying before their actual time And the Apostle Paul was talking about that when he's talking about the Lord's Supper. He said, some people are falling asleep prematurely. It's before their time. They're dying early. Also, this structure of death, the religious, it promotes the death of dreams and visions. It promotes the death of ministry. Where it's like an assassination to take out your ministry before it's time, before it reaches its fullness. And a death of relationships. Let me say that again. A death, physical death before your time. A death of dreams and visions. A death of the ministry. And a death of relationships. 
So I'm not just talking about spiritual death. You know, we talked about that last week, the dead church services or the dead ministry or the dead worship and all that. That's the spiritual realm. But this structure of death, once it's established, will bring much more than just spiritual death. It seeks to confine and prevent a flow of life. It prevents, it does its best to prevent people from moving into their destiny. And I'll talk more about this Saturday, but Python has a lot to do with this. It's standing, Python stands at the Jordan and is waiting to try to stop you from entering your promised land. Right as you're about to move into a place that God has promised you, whatever your promised land is, I mean, it's there, it's, and you're about to cross the Jordan, I'm telling you, right at that place is where there's tremendous spiritual warfare, and there's a python waiting there to try to take you out before you can make it in. The religious spirit has a strong problem with now, I'm going to post these, these notes, okay, so you guys can get them off the website if you want them. But listen to some of these Holy Spirit manifestations in the Bible. How many knows if you lick your finger and stick it in the light socket, something is going to happen? You're not just going to stand there while there's sparks flying off your finger, and you're just going, oh, isn't that nice? Look at that. God was really looking out for me as a kid. This is a true, true story because I, mean, I was quite young, but I had, I had taken a, a metal hanger and just stuck it in there. But there was a, a black streak up the wall, and I never got electrocuted. Man, the Lord really was looking out for me. Amen. I remember one time when I was a kid, too, I stepped on a snake, and it was a poisonous snake. I was out in the woods. We lived out in the woods. And it just slithered off and never bit me. Now, how many's ever heard of that? I mean, this was a water moccasin. This wasn't a friendly snake or anything, okay? And I stepped on it. This isn't normal. So God was looking out for me as a kid. All right, get back on track. What are you guys doing to me? But anyway, so if you stick your finger in a light socket, you're going to respond. And God is much more powerful than just electricity. I remember hearing John Arnott say... <coughs> He said, man, it's a wonder when we come into the power of God like we do sometimes, it's a wonder that any of us are even alive at the end of it because it's so powerful. You know, but God is not interested in, in bringing death. God's power brings life. And it will actually take you to a place of healing and wholeness. Amen? But you got to understand that people are not, they're not used to this sort of thing. During the Brownsville Revival, there would be people getting water baptized by the thousands, you know, but as they water baptized a lot of people, the glory of God, the power of God was so strong that they were falling out in the glory, they were falling out in the water. And so they always had to have two pretty big guys in the water baptismals to carry people out before they drowned, you know, because here they were getting, you know, fall out under the power of slaying the spirit, however you, you want to say it. But see, religious people are going to have a problem with these things. Amen? Religious people are going to have an issue with the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And I remember that also during the Brownsville Revival, the young people were being touched so powerfully and going back to high school, junior high, and 
the power of God was so strong on them that even in the secular school they were manifesting, just shaking under the power in the classroom. Well, some of the teachers were freaked out, didn't know what to do. And then they would start praying for their classmates who were falling out. And revival was breaking out in the schools. And this was common. But the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, that's what I'm trying to get across, that, that a religious spirit hates the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, His power being manifested, and it will oppose that. But the power of God being manifested is what we all desperately need. And the Bible says that the demonstrations of God's power cause people's faith to rest in God. Amen? And so here's some things. In the Bible, it talks about falling on the floor. That's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Why did they fall? Because they can't stand up. It's not complicated. Okay, God's power was so strong, they couldn't stand up anymore. It's not hard. You know, but people are saying, well, that doesn't happen to me. Well, you know, maybe if you'd humble yourself. You know, the reason why God passes over a lot of people is because they're so prideful. But falling on the floor, you got Ezekiel one twenty eight and three twenty three, Daniel ten nine, Revelation one seventeen, John eighteen six, Second Chronicles five fourteen. I mean, it's not like it's just in one place. Then you have shaking, jerking, and trembling. I remember seeing sometimes the power of God when people would fall out in meetings, and they would shake so strong on the floor that they were literally coming up off the floor. They were shaking like electricity. And, of course, you ask them afterward, they don't even remember doing it, and they, they certainly didn't feel any pain or anything, but it was just the power of God. And you see that type of manifestation, Daniel 10.7, Habakkuk 3.16, Jeremiah 23.9, but shaking and jerking and trembling. But the religious spirit will have a major problem with this. Groaning and travailing in the spirit, a sign of revival. Romans 8.26, Galatians 4.19. People groaning and travailing, weeping and wailing and crying out is manifestations of the Holy Spirit's moving among us. Deep bowing. Sometimes people will be under the influence of the Holy Spirit and their, their body is bowing over. Ezra 10.1, Psalm 35, 13 through 14. Heavy weeping and crying. Someone sits back, what are they crying about? You know, what's so sad? The Holy Spirit's moving on people. And sometimes they need to cry. Maybe they're repenting of something. Maybe the Lord is, is healing them. You never know what's going on with people. I remember one time in a move of God, this person had fallen out. That the evangelist was praying for people. It was like a, a little kid or something, but they fell backward. But they, they were looking around as they fell, and they looked to see where they... And the evangelist thinking, oh, man, you know. Anyway, he just went on praying for people because it looked so phony. It looked like they were just falling like everybody else, just on purpose or whatever. But he came back through, and he was saying that he saw that person down there, and tears were just flowing while they're on the... You can't judge by externals. I remember hearing one time in a move of God, they're sitting there going along, and somebody let out this blood-curdling scream. You know, and everybody just, you know, looks at him or whatever. And come to find out after the service that that person was totally healed of something. Literally, totally, completely healed. Maybe a spirit left them, I don't know. But the thing is that people, you don't know what God's doing in people. And you and I both need to be very careful that we're not going to sit back and be critical. And not be religious and try to hinder. I remember one time there was a, in a Rodney Howard Brown meeting, somebody had froze... 
You know, the Bible talks about trances. This person had froze in a position like this and were there for like an hour. People are leaving and they're, they're like the Statue of Liberty. You know, and uh, they asked him later, and they had some major encounter with God. There was a little kid that had uh, something like that had happened, a little, a little girl, and they asked her later about her experience. She had some kind of a trance or something, and they asked her about it, and she said this. She said, you know what? And she was little, and the, the mom was trying to communicate with her what happened, and she said, well, she said, Jesus appeared to me. And, and her mother said, well, what did he say? And this is a little kid. I'm talking elementary school. So the, even the things she was saying was really profound for her age. She said, well, Jesus told me that I need to forgive my uncle for molesting me. And she said, so I did. I prayed with him and I forgave him. And then Jesus told me because I forgave him that he was going to heal me from that. And it wouldn't affect me anymore. And she said something to the effect that Jesus had touched her heart area. And she said that afterwards she was just laughing. I think she was laughing hysterically, if I remember the story right, because she was totally healed. This is a little kid. <laughs> See, a religious spirit will stop the power of God, and none of that is able to happen. I heard a minister who flows powerfully in the anointing saying this. He said that God had spoken to him recently. He, and the Lord told him that his ministers were preventing the move of God from getting to the people. That the move of God was trying to come, but ministers were cutting off the flow and preventing it from getting to the people. That's true. That's sad, isn't it? But that does go on a lot of places. People want to shut it down. What about laughing? You guys wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Laughing in the Spirit. Proverbs 17.22, Psalm 126.13, Isaiah 61.3. But there's, there's healing in laughter. You know, the Bible says that laughter is like a medicine. You know, and, and we need the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's a reason why God is doing this. And you know what? Just to be honest, the laughing in the Spirit is not new. It's not something that Rodney Howard Brown invented or brought to the forefront. I mean, it's always been there. God uses him in that area really powerfully. But there's people long before him, when he was a little bitty kid and before he was born, that were experiencing that manifestation. Okay? So this is not something new. That's why on the day of Pentecost, people were laughing and saying, hey, they're drunk with wine. Why would they think they're drunk with wine? Because they were standing there all solemn. No, probably because they were laughing and they were falling over and they look like drunk people. You guys know enough to know what a drunk person looks like. They're all swaying around and, you know, maybe laughing or just. And that's what they look like on the day of Pentecost. They were filled with the spirit and they were not acting normal. And the people were like, man, they're speaking in all these different languages and I can understand that guy. And, and this person saying, I can understand him. And then they're like, wait a second, they've been drinking. Look at them over there, you know, and it was a sign and a wonder. And what's the result of the signs and wonders? Let's think about it for a minute. You know, see, a religious person would say, oh, all of that's going to turn people off. Really? Because if I read uh, Acts chapter 2 correctly, I think it was like 3,000 people got saved that day. And some of these religious people have never seen 3,000 people saved in their lifetime, let alone a day. 
What about dancing in the Spirit? Psalm 149.3, 2 Samuel 6.16. You remember that David danced before the Lord and his religious wife. She criticized him. And David said, you know what? I'll keep doing it. And, and the Lord struck her where she was barren and could not have kids. There's people out there, spiritually speaking, that are barren. And it's because of their, their critical. They're just like David's wife. They're, they're critical of the move of God. And they're barren because they're against, they're religious, they're against the move of God. What about being still and solemn? You know, there is a place for that. Psalm 25, 5 and 27, 14, 37, 7 and 131, 2. But you know what? There's, there's times I've seen people get hit by the power of God and they'll go flying through the air and then just lay there. And they're just still before the Lord for a long period of time. That's God's operating table. He's doing a work in people. You never really know what God is doing in people. That's why it's important that we pray for people and let the Holy Spirit do it and don't interrupt what He's doing. There was a man that had gotten up in a meeting and he had been on the ground and, and he got up. He had been out under the power, real solemn, and gotten up and, and <laughs> the usher was there and he was, he was going, he pointed at some woman and he goes, man, she is so beautiful. And the usher's like, okay, nice, okay, let's... And he's like, no, no, listen, she's so beautiful. And then he goes over to this other lady, she's so beautiful. And he kept doing that, and the usher was kind of getting irritated when he's like, sir, you know, this is not the time or the place, okay? And the guy said, well, you don't understand. He said, when I fell out under the power, he said, I was a homosexual. But he said, now that I'm back up here, those desires are gone, and now I can see how beautiful these women are. I've never been able to see that before. hear me when I say this, there is no counseling that can do that. That's not. There's not. There's not one bit of psychology. There, there's not a book that can do that. There's not a counseling session that can accomplish that. And religion, trying to, to browbeat somebody down to, that's not really going to help them on that level. I mean, that is something only God can do, and it has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's a demonic spirit leaving people, which is very likely, the desires being supernaturally pulled out of them and new desires put in them, something changing in them. Only the Spirit of God can do that. There was a minister that, uh, actually, Benny Baker just told me a story. He said there was a minister friend of his that um, got real sick and he had a stroke in the right side of his body. He couldn't function very well and he was really sick. And the stroke was a result of the sickness. But he had prayed and he was believing God for complete healing. And he was standing on that speaking it. But he would, when he preached, he would take his right hand and just kind of put it in his pocket because his arm wouldn't work right. And he would just hold the mic with his left and he would preach. And he would have to kind of stop sometimes and, and take some kind of a handkerchief and kind of wipe his nose because blood was coming out. I mean, he was really battling. But he was standing in faith and he was in this meeting where he was preaching. And he said the power of God hit the back of the meeting and the doors just flung open. It was like an explosion. And he said something started walking down the aisle toward him. And he said as, as this was coming toward the minister, people on the right and left were falling out as it was coming down the aisle. And pews were being turned upside down. When whatever that was got to him... He felt something hit him in the chest. He went flying in the air. 
and landed on his back. And when he got up, he was completely healed. And when he got home that night, he was taking his shirt off and he saw himself, his, this hand print on his chest where something had whacked him one. I know it was an angel. What about being drunk in the spirit? What's all that about? You know, I man, I've seen people so drunk in the spirit. I wouldn't say that that happens all the time with me, but last Saturday night, the Lord hit me before church. And you know, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here during practice just kind of like this, trying to run through some songs and and trying to do, you know, go through all the stuff I'm supposed to go through, and I was just seriously fighting cuz I was feeling drunk in the spirit. But the Lord showed up. I guess he wanted to touch me first so that, you know, he wanted to flow in the service. But, man, it was powerful. But I've seen people have to be, get carried out. One of the funniest stories I heard in the Brownsville Revival, I have to show this to you guys sometime. But there was, there was some ladies that came, one of them came from the Baptist church and got at the Brownsville Revival. Now, that in itself is funny right there. But she got hit by the power so hard. She, she was gone. I mean, they, the lights were turned out, everything. And there's this lady and her friend. And they're like, man, so the ushers had to carry them out and put them in the car and realize they can't drive. I mean, this was they were gone. And so the ushers have to take and put them in the back. The friend was sober enough to tell them how to get to the house. True story. And they, the ushers had to carry these ladies in and just kind of set them down in their house. And Pastor Kilpatrick was laughing at him, saying, man, we are a full-service church, let me tell you, you know. <laughs> but being drunk in the Spirit, I've seen that so many times. There was one time I was ministering at a, at a home for teens, and this girl, she was hilarious. I mean, I was praying for people, and I could tell that, you know, as the power of God was hitting them, this particular night, the manifestation of the Spirit was it, it looked like they were struck by lightning. I mean, they were just, it was pow, they were going down real fast. And so this girl was afraid of me. She, as I was going through, I'm serious. She was thinking this was me. This is the Lord. I couldn't do that. But she would, like, if I was on this corner of the room, she would position herself on the opposite corner. And was trying to avoid me. And, well, eventually, as people kept getting touched, some of her friends were getting touched. So she realized, well, this can't be fake because, I mean, I know these people. So I noticed, and I, I'm observant, you know, I noticed that she was inching toward me to, to watch, you know. And so, instead of just praying for people like I was, like this, I decided that I was just going to touch them, like, with my fingers, one finger on the front of their head and one finger on the back. And, of course, they shook and went straight down. But I wanted it, I didn't want it to look like I was pushing anybody, because I wasn't. And so I just did like this, and they went down. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, this girl actually came up for prayer. Of course, she's the last one. And I remember she was like, well, well Pastor Scott, I want prayer. But I'm not falling down. I was like, man, I don't, you know, whatever. You don't have to fall down. It's okay. You know, and so she had figured out by this time I wasn't pushing anybody, but she was still scared. And so she needed to be healed from something I don't remember. And I just remember praying for her, and she fell down hard. And it was funny. And then so at the end of it, everybody else was okay, but the Lord really touched this girl, and she couldn't function. I mean, she was just gone. And so one of the workers there, was like, what are we going to do? And she, she was a pretty strong lady. She had picked her up like a sack of potatoes, man, and just kind of got her like this and walked out and I guess she put her to bed or whatever. But that's drunk in the Spirit. That's, that's being so filled with the Spirit and overcome by the Spirit of God that you can't really function. 
That's when you need a friend to help you. Okay. What about dreams and visions? Acts 10, 9 through 17, Joel 2, 28. What does Joel say? It says, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men dreams dreams. Your young men have visions. But it's in the Bible. It's there. And God does give dreams and visions. I remember this, this young girl during a revival had been hit by the power of God. But she was sitting there. She was standing at this point, And the, her whole front of her shirt was just soaked with tears. And she was pointing. And she was saying, Mommy, Mommy, can't you see them? And her mom was like, what? She said, the angels, they're holding hands right there. Right, They're holding hands. Visions. God gives dreams and he gives visions. You'll see things. God will show you. These are manifestations of the Spirit of God. So let me encourage you that not only is it in the Bible, I just gave you a lot of scripture, but throughout history, there have been awesome manifestations of the Spirit. Revival meetings from times past, you would read about them. The Pentecostal evangel, different things that were written years ago. It would say something along the lines, Brother Smith opened up in prayer, fire swept through the back of the building. People fell to the left and to the right in droves. You read about stuff like that all the time. I remember Tommy Tenney said he was ministering at this church. And he said the power of God shook the place and struck the podium so hard that it split in two. And the power of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the fear of God, so gripped that place that people literally crawled out of there to go to their car. That's a move of God. But some people will be comfortable with one manifestation of the Spirit, but not another. They'll be comfortable maybe with falling down, but they won't be comfortable with laughing. They might be comfortable with tongues, but they have a real problem with something else like groaning and travailing. But see, that's a religious spirit trying to stop up the flow of God. You never know how the Holy Spirit's going to move, and you never know what He's going to do, and you never know what He's doing in people. The thing that concerns me the most is I don't want to be like there's a flow of a river and me to be the one that's damming up the flow where it's not getting to the people because if you can let the Holy Spirit move and Him touch people, He can do things in one minute that cannot be accomplished in a lifetime of counseling. He can do things that nothing else will be able to accomplish that. The Spirit of God, supernatural, sovereign and supernatural. But just remember that some people will use the letter of God's Word They'll quote the Bible, and I really feel like that the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell some of you that you will hear Scripture quoted against the move of God. You will hear it with your ears. You're going to hear people quoting the Bible and stating that what's going on is not of God, and they're using the Word of God against it. But they're coming at it from a structure of death. It is the letter that kills. It's not the Spirit that gives life. Second. Corinthians 3.6. Remember, I read that last week. Sometimes people have sincere questions, concerns, doubts, a desire to understand the things of the Spirit. They're interested in learning. They just have sincere questions. That's fine. But a lot of times what you see when you've got a religious spirit, people are not interested in learning at all. 
They're just interested in tearing it down and destroying whatever they can. And you cannot have any compromise or toleration for this criticism. One of the things that God will deliver people from the most in revival is He will deliver them from a critical spirit. They're critical. The thing about a religious spirit, if you've ever had sunglasses on and and you forgot they were on and you went to read a book or something and it's like it's tinted, that's exactly how it is for religious people. Everywhere they look, it's like something has tinted them to where it's a tint of criticism. Everything that they see, they can't help but try to criticize it. It's a religious spirit and it's critical and it's serious and they need to be delivered from it. Unrighteous judgment, fault finding, and debate. Second Timothy three five talks about you know not having these worthless debates. What's the point of sitting around debating with somebody that's got a religious spirit? Because ultimately they're not interested in the truth and in changing. They're just interested in two things. They're interested in winning the debate, and they're interested in stopping the move of God. Those are the only two things that they're interested in. Winning the debate and stopping the move of God. And of course, they have a tendency to blaspheme the Spirit of God. Mark three twenty nine, Matthew twelve thirty two. Let me read Matthew twelve thirty. Whoever is not with me is against me, Jesus said. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. So these people that are speaking evil against the Holy Spirit, they don't realize how dangerous this really is. They're not just playing with with tearing down people. They're coming against the Spirit of Almighty God. They're trying, they don't mean to, But they're trying to hinder people from getting saved. They're trying to prevent people from getting healed and delivered, baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're trying to keep people from God's presence. And they don't mean to, but they're an enemy to the Spirit of God. And when they get into this business of speaking evil against the Spirit of God, they're moving into a realm of blasphemy. That they, If they move into the blasphemy of the Spirit and they actually cross that line, they won't be forgiven for that. So let me close with 2 Corinthians 3, 6 again. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I want to be in the flow of a move of God, but I, I want you to understand that one of the price tags that go with that is major persecution and criticism from the religious. And I really feel in my spirit that there are some things on the horizon where some of you are going to hear things where people are opposing the move of God and they're using the Bible to do it. They're opposed to the move of God. And you know, there's some people, believe it or not, I know this is hard for you to understand, but there are some parents out there that really would, this is not an exaggeration, I know people that this is the way they feel. They really would have their kid, you know, drinking and drugs and party and things like that rather than be in a move of God. There's people in the Brownsville Revival that 
the parents prevented them from coming and thought it was weird, and they preferred their kid being a heathen. And I know that's hard for some people to believe, but there's people like that. And in the religious community, there's people that, that were raised up in times past, preachers of the gospel even, that were raised up that would oppose the move of God and they would get up from their pulpit and they would tell the people, stay away from all those shenanigans and that stuff. It's weird, it's a cult, it's not of God. And they would just come against it. And consequently, none of their people would go get what they needed from the Lord and they would prevent many from being ministered to. And keep many out of revival. We're all going to live this life and then slip into eternity. And I want to be somebody that if God's moving, I want to be a part of it. And I certainly don't want to be a part of keeping people out of it. You need to be careful who you're listening to. Let me say this and we'll pray. Be careful who you're listening to. It's just like in times past. I love R.A. Torrey. I have some of his books. But back, he was another one that during the Azusa Street Revival... He said that it was insanity. He said it was insanities worthy of a madhouse. He said those people are insane and they should be put in an insane asylum. And he used his influence to deter people away from the Azusa Street revival. Well, we all know years later Azusa Street was from God. But back then there were people that listened to him and didn't go. Be careful who you're listening to. And my advice to you is this. When you sense a religious spirit in somebody, don't waste your time fighting with them. Pray for them, but if you get into this debating with them, they're not interested in the truth. They're not interested in really hearing your heart. They're interested in winning that debate and turning you away from the move of God. That's all they're interested in. And you're wasting your time. I've tried to talk to those people, and I've learned the hard way. It's a waste of my breath. And one of the things that the devil will do, and I want us all to pray about this together, Satan's kingdom, I mentioned a python spirit, but the python spirit, and I'll talk more about it Saturday, okay? But I want to pray specifically about this, tries to counterfeit the Holy Spirit. And I feel like this is something in our region. And what a python spirit does, it squeezes the life out of people, spiritually. And somebody that's under an attack from a python spirit will have a hard time praying and reading the word. But it's, it's trying to squeeze the life out of people and it will counterfeit the gifts of the spirit and counterfeit where you may be hearing some things from God, but also this other thing is trying to talk to you. And I really feel like this is serious and it's attacking some people. The counterfeit is this. The counterfeit... See, the Lord will tell you things that you don't necessarily want to hear, but He'll tell you truth. When you have the easy way and the hard way, it always seems to be the hard way's God. You hear what I'm saying? You've got a tall mountain and a little mountain. The tall mountain is God. That's, that's the difficult. You've got to go through that. That's just the way it is. God seems to always be in the challenging. And the Spirit of God will put you in places that you don't want to be. And he'll put you in difficult situations, but he's got you there for a reason. The python will actually counterfeit and pretend to be the Holy Spirit speaking to you, but he will be playing on your flesh. In other words, it's like, well, I really want this, and then that voice will tell you, well, that's God, that's what you need to do. Do you see what I'm saying? It plays on your flesh. So you need to think about 
whenever you're hearing from God, is this really the voice of the Lord? And you really need to pray about this because I feel like that this has been attacking some people. It tries to counterfeit dreams and visions. It tries to counterfeit the gifts. And it tries to counterfeit uh, the voice of the Lord. And it causes people to have a lot of confusion. Like one day, well, I heard from God. And then just, you know, a few weeks later, they heard from God something totally different. That's not God. Amen? God doesn't change his mind. So this spirit is trying to breed confusion. And it also, the python spirit by nature, is attacking the very breath. And so it will produce health problems, but it will usually produce health problems that are connected to that, the breath area. So the python spirit is something that is trying, it's, it's a religious thing. It tries to pretend. Like, for example, when the, and I'll talk about this Saturday, but Acts 16, 16, where it talked about the girl that had a spirit of divination, which is a python spirit, was following around Paul saying, these are servants of the Most High God. They're going to lead you to way to salvation. She was saying the truth. And, you know, Paul listened to this for a couple of days and then got irritated and confronted the spirit. Why did Paul listen for a few days? Because he was trying to discern if it was God or not. That's why, I guarantee you. And once he discerned in his spirit, she is speaking the truth, but of another spirit that is not the spirit of God, that is a counterfeit. He commanded that thing out. It's why it's so important to make sure that you're following the Lord and you're led by his spirit, because Satan will try to slip in a counterfeit. And there are some counterfeits out there. But I don't want to go on to that too much because I don't want people... Because a lot of these people out there live in so much fear. They're so afraid of getting a counterfeit. And you know, when you live in fear, that's a door right there for the enemy. And that's probably why they do have counterfeits because they don't have faith. You know, when you go in and you have faith in God, your shield of faith is up and you believe God, God's going to keep you. And I tell you this, Jesus said that if you ask your father, if an earthly father... If you ask him for an egg, he'll, you know, he's not going to give you a serpent. How much more will your Heavenly Father you know, give you your needs? If you ask the Heavenly Father for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a demon. Amen? But people are so afraid. But I want everybody to pray this out loud. Say, Jesus, forgive me if I have listened to any counterfeit. Anything that's been speaking to me. Or trying to lead me. That was not your Holy Spirit. Even through others. That would come to me. I repent. And I destroy. These yokes. These works of the enemy. And I bind these counterfeits. And I command them to come out of my life. And go right now. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to become crystal clear to me. And I ask you, Father, to silence other voices. Order my steps. Help me to stay in your will. In Jesus' name. Amen. And people that want prayer about this, I, I really feel that... Um, 
I've already shared with one person about that, but today I did some fasting and prayer, and I really feel that this is trying to attack some people. And it's the reason it's attacking is because the Spirit of God is at work. And so there's something trying from the enemy trying to come in and be real subtle and try to slip in and pretend to be the Spirit of God. 